Welcome back to Of Dice and Friends, your weekly serving of magic, mayhem, and misadventure. I'm Joey, your host and dungeon master of this campaign, and I forgot to mention it during the recording last episode, but each of you have leveled up twice now that you have your bodies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! You know what that means. You know what we gotta do. Roll for it. Yep. HP. Tana and Mo, you're going to roll for your life. Yep. All well, right. everyone else. Well, everyone else roll just gets like general, you know, up health. Nolan and I have decided to roll for what ours is going to be. You fool! You, you go first. <laughs> you go first. Uh, uh, I, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I rolled a six and a one. You can reroll the one. Oh, thank God! You can reroll a one. Only the one, and only okay. Once. Okay, I rolled a six and a four, so that's ten. Plus four, I gained fourteen. Oh, you that's rolled. not bad. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was really that's really good. You could have just taken like, up to being the average. default five, and you'd be at the same place you are now. <laughs> yeah, but it's not as cool, Aaron. I know. Yeah, take your pig and go elsewhere. That's yeah. always been one of those uh, <laughs> things that's really grind my gears about D and D. Like, it should really benefit you to roll. The average should be the low, right? Yeah. I don't know. Shout out in the comments. Let me know what you think. Okay, I'm gonna roll with my piddly. D6s while Nolan got to use two D8s. <gasps> Sweet! I got 10. I'm not lying. I got to Aaron looks over to make sure I'm not lying. <laughs> you got you got two sixes. I saw a six. I didn't see the five. This is fantastic. You're squishy sorcerer needed. You it. beat the average. Hey, yeah. taking the deal isn't going to bite you in the butt now. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. You guys really peered pressured me Just waiting until the next too. episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Nolan, uh, you're level six now. Care to share something you've gotten from these level ups? Maybe spare us from a terrible joke? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll entertain you. Well, currently, I'm using Kibble's Tasty's uh, Way of the Outcast Monk, and he created some really cool stuff. So I got what all monks get, which is the stunning strike. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have fun dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, and then he also created something called Soak It Up. So at the beginning of every initiative... I actually get plus five temp HP, and I can get plus five temp HP every time I use the dodge action. So you're a lot tankier. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Sweet. And, well, since you don't want a corny joke, I guess I'm going to have to get a little bit controversial here. Uh-oh. This is your fault. Okay. I have a take. Here we go. And this is a hill I'm ready to die on. Everyone loves Nickelback, and they just pretend they don't. <gasps> I'm willing to die on this. is just like Nickelback. Everybody secretly likes them, but will refuse to say they like them. I said that two days ago. Wow. That's creepy. That is really, that's crazy. Because this is literally a hill I'm going to die on. I'm, I'll die on it right there with you. Yeah, everyone has a song they like. And you pretend, oh, no, Nickelback, no. And then look at this photograph <laughs> comes on and everyone sings it. Yep. See, you can't hate a song if you know every yes. word to it. Here I thought you were going to come back with an actual corn joke, you know, and it would be pretty amazing. Wow. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. Nolan. Yeah, yeah, I get to boot it. No, that was really good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Greg, and I play JR Randstar. And uh, with my level up, I got a new evocation. And I took a really fluffy one called Thirsting Blade. Oh. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> fluffy because it's so horrible. Yeah, it just fits <laughs> my sword so edgy. much. Mm-hmm. And also, I got some other cool stuff uh, with Kibble's. Subclass, right? You're also using one of his his yep. homebrews, and you'll see that soon. Ooh, Uh-oh. it also involves something Nolan said. Oh, okay, I can do about Nickelback. Can you not stab me this time? 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, the room just got chilly. I'm Rachel. I play Tana. Going through some of my old notes here, um, I'm really confused about this one. I have no idea what it means. I wrote down mysterious omelet, egg matter in malice. What? (laughs) I have no idea. Egg matter? Egg matter in Hmm. malice. And I have no idea what I was smoking. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. All right, tell you what. You know what? Audience participation. First one to put it in the Discord, decipher whatever the heck she was talking about. (laughs) I'll go ahead and just give you 100 points right there. (laughs) Sweet. Nice. Um, Also, this is going to be a huge shocker to everybody in the D&D community, but I have acquired Fireball. Who saw that coming? Anyone? Anyone? No one? Everybody? I'm scared. Yeah, combats are about to get a lot scarier. Yeah, apparently I'm really squishy, but I'm also really sharp and dangerous, which is great. (laughs) This is Aaron. I play Finian, the druid elf. Uh, Now that I've reached sixth level and I'm in the circle of spores, as some of you may have ascertained or surmised, I like mushrooms. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And with that comes an appreciation for the um, darker side of life, which is death and decay, and um, now I have the ability to um, animate dead things. Oh. Oh, no. Are we have a necromancer on I can you? play in the dark arts a little bit Ooh. by uh. manipulating the forces of decay, and, you know, fungus and mushrooms are my friends. And possibly yours, too. Okay, yeah. listen, and, and that guy wonders why he woke up in Malice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all coming together. Tell us again how you don't belong in Malice. Vinian's kind of a bad boy, isn't he? <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> hey, I'm Sarek. I play Heen the Scion. So I guess since we're talking about Kibble's classes, um, I'll clarify a little bit about mine since I've been pretty vague about it. Uh, I'm a projection scion, so that what that means is more or less I have Green Lantern abilities. I'm pretty sure you all figured that out by now. And then my secondary class is actually one that all the gith in um, the world have, and it's they're all mental. Um, Telepaths is the word. They're like all you. mental? No, no. <laughs> if you say it with a British accent, it just means they're crazy. I got the, I got one of like the, the feet names stuck in my head, and I'm sitting there like, what the heck is that called? Yeah, they're all telepaths. So we haven't seen that yet, but um, apparently Morath thinks uh, Gith go around doing this. So, you know, maybe I'll have to start the tradition. You've definitely gotten the impression that he does not like you. I don't like him either. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I believe it is time for our story to continue. Oh, sorry. I was kind of lost in thought there for a minute. I was just thinking about omelets. Um, guys, <laughs> looks like your glass is already raised, so I just want to take a moment to remind you, it doesn't matter if your glass is half empty or if it's half full, there's always room for more booze. <laughs> and that's a Rachel original, everybody. Nice. Cheers. 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 Chapter 11. Beyond the Horizon. Tana. Hmm? You float amidst white emptiness, standing on nothing. You don't remember how you got here. You're not even sure where here is. The only other entity in this endless space is an undulating black dot far up ahead. Silently, it calls out to you. What do you do? I will start making my way towards the undulating black dot. Without reference points, you're not sure if you're moving closer to the object or if it's creeping closer towards you. But before long, you make out what it is. 
a pitch black bonfire. It gives off no light nor sound, but it pulses like a heart, each flicker emanating emotion. With each footstep, you get closer exhilaration, curiosity, uncertainty, terror. Wordlessly, you know that it wants you to reach out, to touch it. But you also become acutely aware that someone is watching you from behind. I whirl around to look behind me. You find an old Asimar woman with a kind face. Tana, darling. You should leave this place. It isn't safe here. Why do I feel like I know you? We did just meet recently. I'm sure I look a bit different here than you remember. Uh, the ASMR I remember looked like a hideous demon had gone through a blender. She cackles. <laughs> yes, yes, we don't get to choose what we look like, I'm afraid. Sorry. No offense. She'll reach out uh, a wrinkled hand. Just come with me. I'll, I'll look over my shoulder. She's pulling me away at the, <clears throat> at the black fire, and I'll reach out with my other hand. To the fire. Mm-hmm. To touch the fire. Am I close enough? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're standing right there. Then I'm plunging my hand right in. She squeals a little bit, like, like to stop you, and then she. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. And then she vanishes. You've made your decision. Oh, I hope it was the right decision. The fuck? <laughs> a blurry image forms within the black flame, a platform suspended in magma. Tiefling mill about this platform, most of them wearing nothing more than loincloths. They seem to be preparing for something, securing a dozen chains in the stone. The image shifts again, this time becoming a bit more consuming. You sit on one of the many rock outcrops of Mount Orem, far above the village where you grew up. With you is a frail tiefling boy, sporting a mess of short black hair and a deep gash along the left side of his face. It's long scarred over. He looks up at you, taking his gaze away from the little village far below. I, I don't want to go back down there. I remember this boy, and I know he was important, but I can't remember his name. But still, all I want to do is comfort him, so I, I put my arm around him. You don't have to go down there just yet. I'll stay with you a little longer if you'd like. I, I would like that. Thank you. Thank you, Tana. And I'm, I'm struggling so hard to remember his name, and I just want to either cry or break something because it's right there on the tip of my tongue. He catches your look as you're, you're, you're not trying to, but you're kind of staring at him and he, he looks back up at you. Oh, it's okay, Tana. I don't remember it either. Oh, and I'll just kind of slump down and put my arm around him. Even if you don't remember your name and I don't remember your name, I remember you. And I think that's the important part. He smiles warmly, and he looks away, ashamed, probably of the tears that maybe are starting to build in his eyes. I'll ruffle his hair a little bit, and I'll say, hey, hey, come on. You can cry if you want. We're not down there right now. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he rubs at his eyes, and he, he 
nods and, and lets it out. I'll, I'll make sure he doesn't see my own tear. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just kind of gaze down at the village with him. Really glad to be away, but wishing I was even farther away. You're further away now than you ever have been. I am. And I can't help but feel like I should have brought you with me. I'm so sorry for that. I think, I think in a way you did. Are we dead? I, I don't know. I hope not. I don't think so. But none of this is real, is it? No, I don't think so. Because if it were real, I think that I would be running away with you right now. So maybe it's best we just enjoy this moment for what it is. Silently, he agrees. And he he takes your hand. I think you're right. I'll squeeze his hand tightly. The image shifts again. This time, your mother sits in a chair beside your extremely uncomfortable bed. A poor excuse for a bed, really. She holds up a small, round stone between her fingers, and she rotates it, showing you all of its details. And you're not sure why, but it's very important to her that you see this stone. And then she cackles. A chill runs down my spine at the sound of her cackle, and I curl up into a ball, the bruises on my body feeling even worse against the hard stone bed. JR, a pair of eyes, pale with blindness, watch you from above. You hear in the voice of crashing thunder, It begins. Your eyes shoot open. It takes a moment for you to realize where you are. It's your cabin on the sinking ship. Sitting next to your bed is Edgar, still wearing full plate armor. There's a lot of dry blood that has seeped through the cracks in his armor where the demon Valdo wounded him. He gives you kind of a quizzical look. What begins, brother? Oh, I'm not sure. Where am I? How, how am I here? I, I brought you back here after, after you got your body back. Are you feeling well? I, I don't know. I feel pretty good. In fact, I feel better than ever. Uh, as you lift the sheet, he'll stop. You you don't have clothing. None of you were giving clothing. My ghost had clothes. I would would I? I he would. just made basically naked bodies <clears throat> for the five of you. Oh, I guess fuck. you'll have like <clears throat> rags that were around. I the don't ship. get my cool cloak and stuff back. You, well, you go buy the cloak. Do you really <laughs> want that cloak? Go talk to Morath. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Where was I? <laughs> I feel great Except for the weird crick in my neck yeah. From ours decapitated This head is even better than the last one <laughs> Yes it is still attached Why don't you sit back down Take it easy for At least a little bit Oh no I gotta start training <laughs> Training You sound like our father Oh, Don't say that <laughs> Uh, that's like the deepest cut you could have ever done, Edgar. Really? Oh, I'll sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, looks over in the corner of the room, uh, leaned up against the wall as your sword. So, where'd that come from? Uh, I found it. 
in a bar, if you would believe it or not. You found a sword like that in a bar. Who'd you kill for it? Uh, well, technically, I didn't kill anyone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right, of course. They yeah. were already dead, and I found it. What will you do with it now, brother? Well, I'm going to use it to, uh, it's my sword now. I need a new one. Seeing as I have nothing anymore. Sure, I suppose so. I use whatever you need to to protect those you're traveling with. I, um, I spoke to Valda, the demon, and a few other priests here in the church. Some vengeance pact. None of it I buy. There's something still that I'm missing, brother, and whoever killed you is still out there. Whether it was Valda or not, please try and stay low. I'm going to return home. And I, I hope to see you there one day, but not yet. Don't bring too much attention to yourself, all right? Oh, You're, I'm very good at keeping a low profile. Uh, I mean it, brother. I'm not joking. I know. I'll, I'll stay out of the light. He'll hand you a, a torn piece of cloth. And embroidered in that cloth uh, looks like clouds, like thick clouds. I, uh, I took this off of the cleric who took the fall for your death. I do think he was innocent, but I've seen this symbol a few times before. I do think whoever killed you, this has some relevance. Just, I thought you would want to know. Thank you. Hmm. I'll look at it, kind of, so it's just a cloth with clouds. Yeah, it looks like, um, like it was sewn into someone's clothing, and he tore it out of their clothing. The cleric that was, this cleric was blamed for my death? He admitted to, to killing you himself, but something here just isn't adding up. Perhaps it was him, but Valda is lying to us. Hmm. Just I mean, be wary of her, all right? Don't plan on staying around her, honestly. Good, good. And your travel companions, you trust them? Oh, yes. They're all a delightful bunch. <laughs> I'm sure. The two I met were lovely. I just... I won't be there to keep you safe. I just want to make sure that they will. He'll yes. stand and reach out a hand. I'll stand and shake his hand. I was impressed by your battle prowess back there. I don't know where any of that came from. Well, oh, keep up you mean, the good work. Oh, you mean the lightning? Uh, yes, the lightning, the oh, sword. Oh, that was the sword. It was all the sword. <laughs> Make a deception check. 18. Oh, that's not bad. I, it checks out. He nods. Right, right, of course. All right. Also, I lost our family Amex. Can I borrow yours? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Amex Paladin Black card? <laughs> I need Black to go shopping. <laughs> yeah, he'll hand you the uh, plate steel uh, credit card. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Father entrusted me with a half dozen of these. And it'll be fine. What? Oh. I only got one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I suppose I'll be seeing you then, brother. Just be safe, all right? Oh, I will try. All right. And he'll turn and slowly leave the room. I'll be sure to keep my head. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, he yells as he closes the door behind him. And then you're alone in the cabin. It doesn't feel like the ship has left dock. 
I'm gonna take some blankets and then form like a yoga, like a, a, yoga. a toga. Yeah, yeah. Not a yoga. A toga. <laughs> <laughs> yoga, yoga, yoga. What? what is that from? Animal House. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna make like a college-style toga. Grab uh-huh. my sword and then head up, looking for everyone. Your transformation to frat boy is complete. <laughs> I got my body back. <laughs> uh, yeah, where do you go? Whose cabin do you go to first? I believe I guess whoever's was closest to you. Yeah, yours. then I'll go in the moat and I'll kick in the door. Toga, toga. <laughs> no, can you get out of here? And you'll notice that I've took, I've taken my blanket and wrapped it completely around my my shoulders and waist. <laughs> the lower half of me is still exposed. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't lose my key. I didn't lose my key. It's under. It's under the blanket. I, I would never lose that. Well, the key to what? No, my my. That's what it's called, right? Key. Gee, 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 You both okay, forget I what yeah. the name of your clothing is. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's been a no. I, I, no, no, I, I, I still, I still have my gee. It's not gone. I, I would never lose that. I didn't spend my family's whole life savings to get that. I'm still wearing it. I'll walk up to you and put your my hand on your shoulder. Hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> this is on my father. I'll pull out the credit card. Wait. Can you? Can, do you know someone who can who can make? The moving monastery gi, because I, 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 I mean, I didn't lose it, but like, I might need another pair. Ah, uh, Mo, we're going downtown. Yeah, yeah, that actually sounds really fun. Let's do it. Shopping <laughs> <laughs> downtown into the city now. <laughs> wait, wait, everyone has their bodies back. Let's go get those buckets of water. Oh. Yes, oh. yes, and then I'll run up. St- Pants gone. <laughs> uh, Mo returns momentarily, butt ass naked, with two pails of water. Now I, I gotta tell you, my body must be looking real good because everyone on board was looking at me. <laughs> I'll just be staring you dead in the eyes. <laughs> trying to look dumb. Yeah. I'll give you a bucket of water. Okay. Okay. So who are we getting? Who are we getting? I don't want to get Tana. I feel like she's gonna get really mad. Well, that's the fun part. Okay, tell you what, you go, you get Tana, and I'll get Heen. Nobody wants to get Phineas. Well, no, then we're all gonna get. Hey, you're not in on this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to run over to Heen's door, kick it open, antics, and then I'm gonna throw water on him. And I'm just gonna stand in his doorway. Well, it was really fun. Okay, now I'm gonna go get Finny and bye. <laughs> I'm not gonna run away. The water splashes in my face, and I wake up choked. <laughs> I'll roll out of the bed. I just spout water out of my nose. (laughs) I didn't think I'd wake up drowning. (laughs) Oh, Mo, now is the time for questions. I'll come running out chasing you. I'm butt-ass naked old man style, too. I'll kick in uh, Tana's door and just dump water. Ha ha, antics. I will jump out of bed screaming at the top of my lungs and hurl fireball at you. Sorry, was that firebolt or fireball? <laughs> firebolt. Okay, thank God for the crew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my new body! <laughs> well, it might not be fireball, but it still is 24. I'm going to assume that hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a toga. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, I just hit you for nine fire damage. That's what you get for waking up a tiefling with water, I guess. JR, it would hurt. I mean, it does hurt, but 
there's something about feeling this sensation for the first time in two months that's almost kind of nice. <laughs> Greg is just cracking up. <laughs> oh yeah, the what, the fire feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hot into. wax. Just <laughs> making a chair. We all know what you're into, <laughs> Jr. Are the edges of your mustache smoking? Please tell me the edges of your mustache are smoking. Nah, I use fire retardant wax. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just kind of tumble out of bed, um, wrapping the the wet blankets around myself because I realize that I'm completely yep. naked. And I'll, I'll yell at JR. What in Elka's name are you doing? Oh, you were naked? Oh, oh. <laughs> Donna, are you okay? What happened? I just woke up to screaming in fire. I'll be clutching my head. I, uh, I just had a really bad dream, but, but, and I'll like hold out my hands in front of me while making sure the blanket doesn't fall, of course. And I'll, and like, Oh my God! They're not—they're not see-through. <laughs> I'll just kind of Body, be admiring my, yeah, my solid hands. Finian, we have our bodies back. Yeah, we do. Look at that, <gasps> buddy. And I'll run. We're o- body buddies. <laughs> and I'll run over and give you a hug without thinking. <laughs> and our blankets will fall down. And we'll just be there hugging, <laughs> totally naked for like a In split second. Yeah. How awkward. <laughs> I uh, I enter the doorway at this time, butt ass naked. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll put one hand outstretched on the door frame, just kind of letting it all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I see. The greeting ritual is the same with my people too. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And I Bring will in join here. in. So I'll walk up and I'll join in on the hug that they're just awkwardly standing there. I'm all slimy and you can feel my uh, you can feel the slight breath coming out of my nose on the back of your neck. <laughs> it's a at this moment that you realize there's a, a short line of ghostly crew leading into the mess hall, aka uh, Deadbeats Deli, and the, the line, the people of the line have all stopped to gawk at what has just happened oh. out in the hallway. Gods. Uh, as as you now look back at the people in the line, they immediately face away, like they saw nothing. <laughs> Mo's already in line. <laughs> <laughs> you have your body back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll tap the guy. What, what are we waiting in line for? Our, our bodies. Oh no! I, I no thanks. I already have my <laughs> out there to walk out the line. They're all getting their bodies back too. Uh, that's what it looks like. You see Morath, who looks completely healed from being stabbed through the chest, like nothing <laughs> happened. Uh, you see Valda, who doesn't look nearly as horrifying as she did. It looks like she's put on maybe some makeup or something. Oh. Um, so, so as to not frighten the crew. And there are a bunch of crew members who are flesh and blood, all butt naked, all like dancing and celebrating. Uh, I'm sorry, so, I just have to comment real quick. D- a demon wearing makeup is worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, that's just awful. Even It looks like even her bone structure is different. Like before it was really mal-shaped and, and, and pointed and awful. Now she just looks like an old ASMR woman. Uh, I'll remind you she is a ghost, but... Derekus, don't be insulted. No, lipstick on a pig can be quite becoming. <laughs> 
so just to, to clarify, I am the only female on an entire boat of butt ass naked. No, there. Some of his crew is female. That's Why does not that all men. Make it worse somehow. <laughs> no one seems to be bothered. Okay. They've been uh, <clears throat> they've been sailing together for a long time. Do we have our gold yet? Has Morath paid us? No, no. Okay. So. You could go certainly go talk to him. I certainly will. I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind about reincarnating us without clothes, and I'll I'll go and kind of like start to tear him a new one. So no communal bath then. <laughs> <laughs> I just say go in the ocean. That's what I'll do. So Tana, you're going into the mess hall. Yeah, I'm like like shoving ghosts aside, like as I go, like Yeah, it, it actually takes some effort to touch them. You're passing through them and you're like, oh of course. I know I'm getting I have frustrated because yeah. I'm trying to shove them aside, so then I just remember like, oh yeah, they're ghosts, and I just walk straight through the line <laughs> of them. They do part because they've sailed with you and no one wants to be in your way. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, when Morath notices you, he will stop. It, it looks like he is sculpting a bunch of bodies. Oh, Donna, you're awake. How do you feel? I feel like my head was just cleaved into by an axe, and I don't know what kind of hallucinogens you put in our whole body reincarnation process, but I don't appreciate it. I would like our gold. I would like my clothes. Oh, right. I suppose I did agree to pay you. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll be right there with all of that. I guess I'll just kind of cross my arms over my sheet and tap my cloth. He returns after a minute with uh, arms full of rags, and he'll just kind of drop them in your arms. I will give him a withering glare. What? What were you expecting? Designer clothing. And then he'll drop five very large, you know, leather bags on top of it. There. If you want to buy fancy clothing, you can. I'll just kind of, like peek open one of the bags and like let out a little <gasps> and then I'll yes I'll yes go enjoy your bodies but <laughs> be back by moonrise tomorrow we leave then I'll just like try and like tamp down my excitement and like give him like a subdued nod and whirl around and head back to the guys like with a big grin <laughs> on my face <laughs> <laughs> guys we have so much gold Donna what you have clothing <laughs> <laughs> I have rags and I have riches. <laughs> wow, that was really good. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just gonna like pass them out to you guys. I'm just staring into this bag of gold. Jaw dropped. How, how much how much did he how much did he pay us? I'll kinda of give it a little uh feel. Shake it up and down a little bit and try and estimate based off of what I'm feeling. Okay. Uh, 17 investigation. Uh, you did a lot of business back in life. You're good at estimating gold. You think this is approximately exactly 2,500 gold. <laughs> oh my god. Z. Oh, you just feel breathing down your neck like, oh, you're going to use all that gold? Oh, what the <laughs> <laughs> JR, I. Well, no, I'm not going to use all this gold. I can, I can actually bring this back to my parents. I can pay the house off. No one else has to work. This is perfect. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, if you're not going to use it all, take I'll it take easy, Randstar. Why I'll do you slowly back up? Why does your eyes look like that? <laughs> oh, I'll rub them and they look normal again. <laughs> are you two? Are you two still naked while you're having this conversation? Oh yeah. Like butt naked? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still in my toga. Okay. This is what locker rooms are like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So at this point, I assume you all get dressed uh, in rags and head out into into the city. Into Thekum. Into Thekum, yeah. Where do you go? Is there anything in particular you want to do with your first day back with bodies? I got to go to a custom clothes shop like ASAP. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to go get that drip. <laughs> Great. <laughs> drip? Yeah. Is that like yeah, it's noodle? Noodle. No. What's a drip? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, I have my staff, so I really don't need any other weapons or protection of any kind. I have my um, obsidian rock from Orum, so I'm just going to go to the nearest clothing store and um, get a high-collared cloak and boots and try and have the same outfit as I did before because it was drip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fresh. Anyway. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go back to the uh, druid order because they're going to have at least an appropriate druid's cloak and some of the items I need. And then I'm going to go... Uh, so I'm going to pick up like a proper robe, especially for traveling into Vitara because I can't really tolerate sunlight. Right. And uh, I'm going to presumably get an appropriate, very sturdy quarter staff, the standard druid travel staff. A standard a, issue a standard druid issue travel staff. Druidic <laughs> travel staff. This is you know kind of the iconic druid weapon and, 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 and walking stick of choice. To which I'm going to affix my uh, my spell focus, which is a very hardened piece of uh, like one of those large fan mushrooms you see growing on trees in the forest. Mm. So quarter staff now becomes in part the focus. And then I wait <laughs> to my thighs in the water. So, so you're buying clothing as well. I'm getting clothing from the Druid Order and some equipment. Perfect. And then I'm going to go to the leather shop and get some studded leather armor. Okay. And maybe someday, if I'm absolutely lucky, I can get some dragon scale armor. Aaron. That requires no metal. <laughs> Great. Sarah, are you also buying clothing? Yes. Very exciting. Though I will, I will make a, have the tailor make a couple modifications. I'm going to insist that he actually yeah, runs a towel down the back so I can stay nice and hydrated. Okay. And, um, you know, the, the cuffs need to make sure that they're skin tight. Because if I, if I have to get in water or anything like that, I don't want it, you know, bogging my clothes down. Sure. So. But it's, wearing skin tight clothes everywhere is kind of uncomfortable. Do they breathe well or is this like, you need Gore-Tex? Why do I need to breathe? I breathe through my mouth, not my skin. I'm not an ant. I'm a hmm. frog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So aside from clothing, okay. is there anything noteworthy that you guys do in Thekum? I think I get lost again. You get lost again. <laughs> You're you buy clothing, of course. Is uh, it, it has to be. I mean, like I'm over this this tailor's shoulder. Yeah. This, this has to look good. Otherwise, I'm just an impasta. Okay. <laughs> what is good to you? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna just describe the top half of the gi as best I can. Only I'm the talking. top half? Yeah. Well, I haven't earned the pants yet. <laughs> okay. And then after, you know, 20 minutes of Finian level detail <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> for the top of the gi, it just kind of ends with, and then, you know, I don't know, I'm just going to keep the rags, I think, for my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. JR? And then I go and buy the finest of suits, get a new top hat, get some armor so I'm not so squishy anymore, and a shield. Yeah, what kind of armor? I'm going to get some half plate. I'm going to get a nice uh, sheath for soul render. 
Something okay. that makes him have the drip. <laughs> okay. Something super, like, dark and edgy. Yeah. Right? Okay. Says dark Supreme. No, edgy. not edgy. It's a sheath. <laughs> He'd cut himself if it was edgy. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Mo, after you buy your clothing and you're satisfied, you're wandering through the, the city, lost, of course, I imagine. Yeah, um, well, Sensei would say it's wandering with a, without a purpose, but no. yeah, yes. I'm lost. Okay. <laughs> uh, while you're trying to find the group, you hear from a side alley, hey, psst, over here. I'll kind of I'll look around, and then I guess a lot like a tourist, I'll literally point to myself, me? Yeah, yeah, come here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll follow him into the alley. <laughs> he'll, he'll go deeper into the alley away from, from prying eyes. With Zero disregard for my for my safety. I'll continue. <laughs> you need a tiefling to be holding you back by the collar. <laughs> oh. I have a top shelf enchanted rings. If you're looking to buy, you look like a fancy type. I'll kind of I'll kind of think about how much drip Jr. has, and I'll kind of like look around. Yeah, no, I'm 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 into fashion and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like of course bling. you are. Like of course bling. you are. You, yeah. Only the best for you. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, what, what do we got here? He'll open his trench coat, uh, and there are three gold rings dangling from chains, like, sewn to the inside. Just to be clear, he is wearing clothes under the trench coat that he just opened and exposed, right? Uh, I'll let the audience decide what they're imagining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, really quickly, he'll close his trench. You're not a guard, are you? No, 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 no. Rule number one with Sensei. He says don't talk to the guards unless he's present. I would never. Oh, never great, be. great. He'll reopen his trench coat, <laughs> and he'll point to the first ring. This is a ring of detect danger. A detect danger? Yeah, yeah. It's, it allows you to know when danger's around. Super useful. That's so useful. Second one is the ring of invisibility. And the third, the ring of invulnerability. I, I like the detect danger. <laughs> <laughs> that one's 500 gold That's such a steal well, How much do the, the other two cost? Ring of invisibility is 1,000 Okay, okay Ring of invulnerability is 1,500 That's insane That's awesome Best deals oh. you'll find in all of Thekum Wow, wow, wow This is actually really good Because my sensei's in danger And if I take all three of these rings I'll be able to save him looking so cool I, you need these to help. I'll put my hand on his shoulder. You are so right. You're so right. Can I? Can I get all three? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, you. Do you have? Do you have three thousand gold? No, I only have twenty five hundred. Tell you what, because you're buying all three, I'll give you a discount. Wait, you'd, you'd really, really? Yeah, you gotta go save your sensei, right? You are the nicest man in the alley I think I've ever met. <laughs> in the alley? <laughs> <laughs> I will literally toss him the bag of gold. Uh, he will um, remove the three rings from the gold chains and hand them to you. I'll, I'll take them so, just with so much awe. I'll, I'll bow to him. You don't even know what you've just done for me, my friend. He's, like, fingering through the bag of gold. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I gotta go show my friends. Oh, yeah, sure. Cool, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna turn and use my monk speed and just run <laughs> out of the alley. Oh, no. <laughs> don't mind me. I'm just gonna be here, like, wiping tears away. <laughs> oh, no. After 
a few hours, I imagine, of the five of you wandering and getting lost in Beckham. It is a maze of a city. You do eventually meet back at the docks, and I show off what you got, I guess? I've just been sitting there for a couple hours. I did all my shopping in like 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdly, I just look like a druid. (laughs) With a big cloak, right? Well, I mean, like with a druid's cloak. It just covers pretty much every inch of my body. Makes sense. You don't see much of me. Like my hood comes down like almost where my eye line is or below it. And uh, you can kind of see the outline of the antlers. Beneath the, the Beneath hood? The cl- you the didn't hood. cut, like, little holes? No. Okay. No, it just kind of goes over the top of that. There's a lot of room up in there. <laughs> and I've got a staff, and there's a mushroom stuck to the top of it, like a woody mushroom. What's, um, and a what, backpack. What's Dergis wearing? Mm, he's just on his customary leash, and he's got a little saddle that they made for him. And he has little booties. He <laughs> does have little, he has little leatherette booties. Yeah. No. So cute. No, he should. That's so cute. I don't think Dergus would put up with that. <laughs> Probably not. I think it's cute. I'll come strolling would back, head up high. I got my gi on. I'm still wearing the the, um, <laughs> rags. the rags that we got for our pants and no shoes. But Mo looks happy and confident. Huh. <laughs> Mo, what did you get? You want to share? Oh, oh, you know, he'll like kind of stretch all all happily. Oh, I just, you know, found a really good deal for some really powerful artifacts. I don't mean to brag, but it's going to be no problem saving Sensei when we get back. Mo? Yeah? Oh, would you care to tell us what you purchased? No, no, no. I I mean, like, look, it's super powerful stuff, and and I kind of want to brag to JR a little bit, so I'm going to wait till he gets here. I'm going to be like, oh, your sword. Well, check out this. So I walk in. I just have a ton of bags, the fanciest (laughs) of, like, nicest clothes with all the accessories, a pocket square, top hat, the pipe in my mouth. Your arms just full of bags, Just full of bags, all, like, name brands. Some Gucci sunglasses. No, no, no. It's Goosey and it's Versagi. (laughs) Goosey. Just slightly enough that we're good. Honk. (laughs) Well, I had a very productive day. What about all of you? You look very dapper. Why, thank you, Finian. You look... Good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel very comfortable in this attire. Yes, you look very uh, Finian. <laughs> Since I'm just, like, crouched on the ground, I'm going to take a little bit of mud and just, like, smear it on the toe of his shoe when he's not looking. <laughs> uh, I'll walk in at that point, and uh, I'm smiling, in fact. This is possibly one of the first times you've seen this for any amount of time, and almost beaming, and, and my mutton chops are all poofy instead of run down and wet and almost like attached to my face. (laughs) Uh, My skin looks nice and slick and oily, so I obviously went to a bath. And as I approach, I'll say, ah, I see the others beat me to it. Uh, I have possibly the most interesting of finds, but would you care to go first? You know, I think I actually found the best items. Uh, I think I found the best underground magic seller in all of Thekum. As soon as I walked out, he whispered, hey, come here, in an alley. And I was like, well, yeah, I trust this guy. So I followed him, and you won't even believe what he gave me. And then I'll I'll, I'll glare over at JR. <laughs> I'll just be smiling at you like, oh, yeah, what'd you get? <laughs> all right, check this out. And I'll, I'll uh, open up my pocket, and there's three rings. Okay, so these are... Um, okay, wait, I forgot which one's which. Um, I'll just pick up our <laughs> one. Okay, this one's the uh, Ring of Invisibility. Um, 
This one is the ring of um, um, invulnerability, and and this one, I mean, honestly, I forgot what he said, but it's really powerful too. So that's cool. Have you tried them on yet? N- n- no way. That's that's scary. I gotta use them at like the coolest moment, you know. Would it be possible to find this seller of magic again if necessary? I mean. I bought out his inventory. He gave me a really good deal, so I think it's going to be really hard to find him. Let me guess. All of your gold. Yeah, yeah. How did you know? He told me it was normally like uh, 3000 but I told him, oh, man, I only have 2500 And he was so cool. He's like, you know what? I'll make that deal with you. What a nice guy. Oh. Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> oh, Mo. Oh, Mo. Mo, did you get a receipt? <sighs> no. No. <laughs> I, no. I just got a cloak and boots, and I have basically all my gold left over, so I'm just going to like reach into my pocket, where I will actually find um, the book that we got, gosh, what, like six episodes ago? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, oh, the, yeah. Remember that book yeah. of 10 questions that we can never, ever give to Mo? <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyway, what? I will not take that out of my pocket, uh, but I will take out about 500 gold, and I'll just... I'll extend my hand and plop them in yours. Uh, oh, I can go look for him again. I'll see if he has any more inventory. And then I'll oh. reach back out. <laughs> and I'll take the gold back. And I'll say, you know what, Mo? When when you need some gold, it'll be right here. And I'll, I'll pat my pocket. Oh, well, that's that's really nice. Thank you. So, Mo, you, you didn't buy food or potions. supplies? Uh, potions. <laughs> well, clothing? No, no, look, I got my gi. Shoes? I'll look down at my feet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, aside from the attire you see, um, I also got some very special mushrooms of joviality that I thought I would share with all of you if you are so inclined to enjoy these new bodies we've gotten back. Huh. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. I, okay. I, yeah. The druid order was kind enough to gift them to me. And... They can be quite enjoyable. So I, I'm holding out the mushrooms in my hand, showing you, and they're like they have like they're kind of purple with little reddish spots on them. I'll just kind of like snatch one and eat it while I, he's talking. I don't close my hand fast enough. I look at her. I look at Tana. Um, that might have best waited till later. Tana, make a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> a, co- a Constitution. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. Oh, that face. Uh-oh. <laughs> Seven? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this hits you hard, and it hits you fast. <laughs> you guys, why is everything purple? You have a grin on your face that you cannot control. I'm, I'm like, reaching out and, like, trying to catch, like, the purple butterflies flying in front of me, and I'm grinning like an idiot. Guys, you see these, right? They're so pretty. She's not going to be much use for a while. <laughs> you just did something to make Tana happy. That's... I how, did. How, how did you do that? Give me one. <laughs> I'll grab it and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> make no. a constitution save. Ain't that one. Wow. <laughs> I'll reach out and like grab you by the shoulder. Mo, do you see the butterflies? I hear them. <laughs> 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 They're screaming. <laughs> 
No, they're, they're jovial butterflies. Mo, you, you have a not. frown on your face you can't get rid of. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I want to be cool and I'll growl on me. Stop taking my mushrooms. <laughs> I want to be cool. I got a 14. That fails. DC is 15. <laughs> I imagine he and you're just you were so excited to share what oh, no. I'll turn to pity and I'm a little distraught at this point but at I'm least really we... sorry I didn't intend for them to take it right now so many butterflies uh, it huh. is alright I know you are the one who would appreciate the I could more fine catch arts. it in um, my hand I'll reach my hand down into my bag and I lean over deep into the bag well past its boundaries and I'll pull out a brick of green biomass, really. It's Ugh. just a thick, dry brick. I found algae strips. I did not think they would oh. have them here. And Those would be tasty, wouldn't they? I also found, and I'll reach down in, and I'll fish around a little bit again, and I'll pull out some jerky sticks made out of sardines. And the best of all the jerky strips, sardines. Have you ever tried one? Try one. It is just salt. Oh, that's quite bracing. Ah, excellent. When you want more, mm. uh, just tell me. And I knew JR would I... be coming back with high fashion, so <laughs> I found myself a bit of macaroni as well. And I'll, thro I'll proudly display my hips where just a large belt buckle will be holding a <laughs> normal belt. And this is just, it's nothing fancy. It's just a little iron polished uh, belt buckle. That's very fancy. Ah, thank you. I... Knew someone of your sophistication would appreciate it. Meanwhile, the three of them are just in danger of falling into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably round them up and make sure they don't get into trouble. I'll grab Mo by the foot as he falls off the, <laughs> the pier and I'll pull him back up. Yes, let's go. The water's so pretty. I just want to touch it and I'll like lean over to and this reach point my I hand out. I just want to touch it. No, yep. no butterflies, let go. <laughs> I gently pull her back from the edge of no. the railing. I'll, I'll project a, 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 a badger with wings that flies in front of her, <gasps> and it's ethereal, so she can swat it all she wants, and it'll slowly float into the boat. It's a mouse. <laughs> like, <laughs> chase after it. This is usually how I entertain uh, children, but this works too. <laughs> no. Come play with the mouse. I, I can't open my eyes. I, I can't open my eyes. <laughs> I, I walk over to Mo. Mo, it's okay. It's just the spirits talking to you. Guys, I think uh, my sword's talking to me. <laughs> but doesn't your sword always talk to you? Oh, yeah. What about my shoes? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. You all wake up to the sound of Captain Deadbeat Dick's voice ringing magically through the ship. Well, shit on my shaft, ain't that look all oh, approaching? No. Dislike. Everyone gather your things. <laughs> we gotta get, we gotta walk across the divide. We can't sail, so get your shit and get off my boat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm rubbing my head as I stretch. Something doesn't feel right. What doesn't feel right? And I'll, like, turn my head really slowly to the right. Where I see JR. I am the storm. 
I will freeze like I've just seen Elgoth himself. And I'll look up. And I'll look down. Just to be clear, are you wearing clothes? You know, I think we'll let the audience decide that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll, like, gently pull his arm off of me and try and extricate myself away. I guess I'll wake up. No, no. Oh, and I'll I don't freeze. Wanna, I don't want any breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I will just like catch each other's gaze. Uh, I'm still frozen. Jr. Um. <laughs> what is poking in my back? Damn it, soul render. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, my friend. <laughs> I'm just gonna grab like whatever blanket is there and run out of the room and up to the top deck and pray to the gods that no one else ever saw that or talks about it or anything ever again. We will never say a thing, Soul Render. <laughs> Why didn't you stop it there? For all I know, I did. So anyway, up on deck, uh, you find Deadbeat, of course, directing his crew. They're all alive now, flesh and blood. Um, They're wearing clothing, some of them. Uh, Morath is also up there, as well as Valda, um, just watching watching you sail. And of course, up ahead, (laughs) there is a, a wall of bright white fog. And just beyond it, you can see the first slivers of the sun. The first you've seen in months. And the, the ship docks. It was already in the process of docking. The, the city of Thekem has spanned this entire way here. I guess you guys sailed throughout the night. You just slept through it. Or did Some something. of us did. Right. <laughs> As you're docking, um, Morath is talking to the crew. But... Finian, you find, uh, you feel, you feel like someone's watching you, and you turn around to find Valda really uncomfortably close behind you. <laughs> um, hello, Crone. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Finian of Amorless, you must keep them safe. If they are the keys, then you are the key of keys. We are trusting you, Finian. And then she's just going to turn and walk away. I, I kind of note that her aura is turbulent and dark. I assume you're all standing on deck just eagerly awaiting to get the hell off the boat. Yeah, I'll be standing on the other side of the boat from Tonda. Yeah. yeah. I, will, I will literally be, like, hugging my side of the boat right. as I look at the veil. As, yeah, you two looking in exactly opposite directions. Yeah. Great. I'll be at the front of the boat with my foot on the bow of the boat, one foot up, looking really heroic. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Sensei. <laughs> as you walk through the crowded city, the raging sounds of a waterfall drown out conversation. This is the Divide, a waterfall that spans the world, running upward here in Noctara. 
Not far beyond that is another waterfall, one that flows downward on the Vitara side. Between them swirls the bright white mists of Legal, the god of balance and judgment. Eventually, you walk past the last building. The city just abruptly ends before the fog begins. No one clearly wanted to build inside of the deity. Morath, who's leading the group, looks back at you, as well as to Deadbeat and the 21 crewmates who have left the boat and followed you as well. Inside, our souls will be laid bare for Lugal, and the rest of us for that matter, to see. There are no secrets here from the God of Judgment. Are you ready for that? Mm, yep. Yep, yep, yep. What kind of judgment? Does he, he see all? He smirks at what you ask and just kind of the general expression of all of you. Like, <laughs> you, you had a look of awe and now it has all kind of soured into <laughs> fear. And he enters the mist. Oh, that was really cool. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> I'm going to grab you right as you go through. <laughs> there is... Those who travel together will see each other's memories. Perhaps we should not show ours to him. Wait, wait. Uh, yes. Is he not I on the team? I don't know that we have a choice. We can simply walk through the mists on our own. So I guess we'll... Unless the group protests, we'll wait a couple seconds as the rest of him and his cronies go through. Deadbeat and his crew won't wait. They have no reason to wait, so they'll enter. And then you guys wait five, ten minutes before you go in. The roar of the waterfall dwindles as you enter Legal. Even the sounds of your footsteps have gone quiet. Many of you shiver, even though the temperature here is pretty comfortable, maybe a bit humid. In the deep white fog, just as Morth promised, Brief insights into your lives flash constantly. For every act of mercy, you see an act of malice. For every memory of truth, you see one of trickery. It seems like the god is sorting through your life, judging your soul. Mo, what does everyone see from you? Um, well, I guess the, the first thing you guys would see is... Um, Maybe a five or six year younger Mo is standing outside of a really run down shack. You could maybe call it a home. And it's in the middle of a, of a forest. And, and you see him frantically discussing with his parents. It looks like he really wants to do something. And, you know, you catch a little bit of dialogue. I, I, know, it's a lot of, I know it's a lot of gold, but I'm going to learn discipline and I'm going to learn how to make money. I just need... I just need to get this, bring it there, and I'll come back. And you see in a very exhausted mother just finally agree, and, and a father who looks like he's maybe given up on this son. And they just give him a handful of gold, and the dad says something like, oh, this is it, this is all you have, this is all we have, so don't fuck this up. And then Mo says... I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go to the monastery now, okay? I promise I'm going to come back. And then he turns and, and runs away. And then it fades to another memory where Mo is... I mean, he looks more... Uh, uh, he looks like he's this age, maybe. Maybe this was really recent in terms of his life. And he's with, he's with two other friends next to a, a pool. Well, I guess I shouldn't say a pool, a lake. And 
there's a massive human next to him who's just red from the sun. And the the kids laugh and call him Red. It's his nickname. He's always sunburned. And there's another friend there who looks kind of gangly, really thin. And they call him Fleck, Mo's friends at the monastery. And as they're laughing and having a good time, Mo goes quiet and says to them, Guys, I, I, I think I heard something that, that really worries me. Uh, I overheard Oren talking to, to Draco and, well, it sounded like Sensei's life is in danger, and I, I don't know what we should do about that. And then Fleck looks really panicked about hearing that. And the memory fades away. And you find that even though you're just seeing and hearing this, you are experiencing all of the the senses and emotions, and you know some of this information, like their name, that you wouldn't, that you have no reason to know. So for JR, you see you're in an endless ocean. As far as the eye can see, no land in sight. But it's not a calm ocean. The ocean looks like a mountain range from how big the swells are. And just rain is pouring down almost so heavy that you're almost drowning from breathing the air. And this tiniest of boats doesn't seem like it should even be out here. And in the front of the boat, holding on for dear life is another child about like 13 holding on legs as thin as toothpicks and he hits his head and falls over into the water and just drops with a trail of blood kind of is the only thing leading that where he's dropping into the darkness of the water and there's two options stay on whatever's the only thing that's floating here or dive in after him and you jump in after him and you just see him falling down into this dark depths just falling further and further and you can feel your ears pop from the pressure as you go deeper and deeper and finally grab his hand and turn up and way above is just the light beaming down but it's so far and your chest is hurting that you just need that gasp so you breathe in and just fill with seawater as something breaks the surface of the water diving down and the tunnel just closes as you black out. Damn, And then it goes to another memory. You stand over a well, in one hand, a sword with lightning and braided on the blade. The cross guard is shaped like clouds, and at the very end of the hilt is a dragon head. And in the other hand is a circular blue, round, smooth object. And closely looking at it you can tell it's kind of a scale and you're you're just standing over this well and you hear a a girl's voice calling for you in the distance and you kind of look back to where that voice is coming from and then look at the well and just toss the two down the well and turn you feel something kind of go dormant inside of you you see Finian standing in a glade under the moonlight standing very still but speaking in a language that you normally wouldn't understand you've never heard it before it's a very unique ancient sounding tongue and he's making incantations standing with his arms outstretched and all he's wearing is a thin veil that covers his uh, midsection and and down to around his thighs Um, luminous moths have gathered and landed on um, his hands 
arms and even on his antlers. And um, these incantations are kind of repetitive, almost like a, a mantra of sorts. Um, there's not much else to tell you what's happening. There's nobody else there. He's just by himself in this glade. Um, but clearly, um, he's experiencing some sort of, you feel this too, uh, some sort of deep connectedness to um, the glade, the forest, these moss, the sky, the stars, everything. Um, and and then that's where the, the memory ends. You're standing in a uh, under the starlight in, in a forest, and there's a, a much old, uh, a, a regal-looking elven woman. You can tell that she's probably quite aged, but elves don't age the way most mortal races do. So you can only tell maybe that there's this... And she's got her cloak back, and she's wearing a, a crown of um, <clears throat> uh, night flowers. And there's also a, a, a young elf standing off to your left, and the older woman um, is is making some kind of motions with her hands, and you see a cloud of um, dark, almost like a shadow, swirling around the decrepit, rotted corpse of a wolf lying in the grass in front of you. And you get the stench of, like, decay. It smells horrible, like death. And slowly you see the um, animal in front of you is almost like reverse decomposing as it slowly regains its shape. The skin reattaches to the bones. And um, you see at the very end of this memory the light comes back into its eyes it slowly clambers up off the ground and runs away from you you see Tana outside of her body because for most of her memories that's how she sees them as though she were floating above things that were happening and you see a large chamber filled with tieflings. Some of them are fighting, some of them are arguing, shoving each other. At the front of the chamber, you see a large statue of Elgoth, god of chaos, carved out of obsidian. And you see Tana strapped to a large block. And there's a woman tiefling standing over her with a blade carved out of obsidian, holding it over her neck as almost as though she might be sacrificing this little girl. And you know that it's her mother. And as her mom gets closer with this blade to her throat, she has a change of heart in the last moment and shouts in a language you can't understand, but you somehow know she's saying, we will not sacrifice this one, we will use her for her powers and she throws down the knife after cutting you loose and yanks you up and gets close to you so close you can smell her breath and she says oh yes we will use this one and then the white fog fades to black as chaos swoops in and you see flashes of violence blood darkness death 
terrible, terrible things that almost seem like they've been desperately repressed. And then you flash forward ahead to not long ago, maybe a year, maybe two, and you see Tana packing up a bag with her belongings, going to that large obsidian statue and breaking off a chunk of it with a rock to tie around a staff. And as she flees Mount Orem, she casts one look over her shoulder and she sees a little boy standing there with tears going down his face. And she knows in her heart that she failed him and she failed herself. A bolt of blue lightning rips past you as you slide underneath the merchant's stall, just barely missing you by inches. You can feel your mutton chop was burned in this. And as you scramble back (laughs) to your feet, you dive into the nearest open doorway, the mage on your tail. You barely have time to look over your shoulder and see the man who just cast readying another bolt of lightning. And you realize if you do not act right now, this might be the end. It's calm. And you, as you scramble into the doorway, you grab the first thing you can find, a fire poker, and you hide in the corner. As the man approaches, you can feel his mind touching yours and you project into his mind, pushing, forcing an image in of you trying to scramble out the windowsill on the other side of the wall. And as you wait and ready, it takes a little longer than you thought, but a word of power is spoken and a large fireball rips through the doorway, smashing the other side of the wall and obliterating what would have been you if you had actually tried to leave. And a woman steps through, but without thinking, you run at her. You drive the fire poker up through her throat and out the back of her skull. And you maintain eye contact as you ride her down to the ground. A calm, cool leth- lethargy forms before the thought about what about the man forms. Mommy! A kid yells from behind the doorway you just opened. And a crack of lightning rips at you and strikes you straight in the chest. And even though you know you're out for a long time, you wake up almost instantly, and the child is weeping over his mother. He sees you rousing and comes over and says, what did you do to my mommy? And you can tell this child is not in control. He does not have discipline, and you can feel the power building as he subconsciously is preparing to do something. So you reach out your hand, grabbing him by the mouth, casting and forming, projecting a gag, and forcing him up against the wall, holding him there with your projection. He tries to scream in terror, but the gag prevents it. And as you can feel your heart now beating asymmetrically from the lightning, you think, this one, this one deserves to live. And you release him, walking away. And as that memory fades, you all recognize this room. It is the trial room that we just did. And a man with black oily hair and red flowing robes is pointing to some of the runes as your friends have started approaching the big massive bonfire. And he says, you have to stop her. She doesn't know what she's doing. And so you turn and you raise your finger and you try to reach out to the entity because there's no way you can stop her now. She's too far. And so you reach out to the entity to warn it before going black. And finally, as that memory fades into just one more, 
the final moments of life, you recognize your partner's daughter, a young dwarf girl skipping around the quarry as you're working on the monument in this city of steel. You have your projection holding up another slab of stone, letting the workers secure it with crampons and other means, and a stone above scrapes, and you hear shouting, and you look up, and a large marble slab is falling straight down, heading towards you and her. But you can't release your projection. You can't make another one because there's five men underneath that slab that you're holding up. And so in a split second, you run over, throwing your body into her and knocking her out of the way, looking up into the wall of marble as it crushes you. Everyone take inspiration. You came in swinging with those memories. Ooh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel... I feel right. (laughs) (laughs) The fog fairly abruptly ends after that memory. You're not sure how long you were even in Legal. It just all blurs together. You were barely yourselves. You were all five of you for a time. But you're greeted on the other side by the sun low on the horizon. You're here at the edge of Vitara. The city of Thekken picks back up here, as does the crowd. After looking around for a moment, you see Morath up ahead waiting for you, and he beckons, rather annoyed, for you to continue following him. <laughs> uh, and it seems like he knows where he's going. He's, he's moving through the city, and you've run up to, to catch up. But at one of the turns, he stops, his mouth agape. He faces a wide road that leads to the docks, and filling the port, as you can see, is a fleet of mismatched, mismatched ships. Morath turns back to you, the party. Why are those ships here? Uh, uh it's a dock. <laughs> he'll he'll ignore Mo's stupidity. Oh man! No, no, no! I, I thought we had more time. He he lets out a a heavy sigh, as if accepting something. I need your help. With what, mage? He ignores your spite, and he points out to the fleet. We need to destroy that fleet. Why? And that is the end of part one. Oh. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I'd like to thank our deity patrons, Linda Mundorf, Tiberius, and Pete M., our celestial patrons, David Green and Ironjaw, and our hero patron, Chris Matowski. Don't forget, all of our current patrons, as well as the next 10 who join, get a painted, signed, and numbered model of Tana. Woo! Uh, that's all I have for today. See you next week for the start of part two. All right, see you guys. Thanks, 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 everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>